We often talk on this show about the importance of making healthcare easier to navigate and the role that technology plays with that. And when we say navigate, I guess we kind of mean that in the broad figurative sense, right? As in how the healthcare system works or who you need to see and how you get stuff done. But what about literal navigation, like wayfinding? Have you tried to find your way around a hospital before? It's a mission in and of itself for me, and I can't even imagine what it's like for someone with a disability or other accessibility issues, whether they're a patient, a visitor, or a staff member within a hospital. With me today on the show, I'm joined by Joe Halavazis from Bindi Maps. And in this episode, we talk about wayfinding and how it's important to get it right. We talk about improving the patient journey and making healthcare more accessible for people of all abilities. Let's do it. Collaboration starts with a conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen. This is Talking Health Tech with me, Peter Birch, featuring content and community about technology in healthcare. Between now and the end of June, we're conducting the 2024 Talking Health Tech audience survey. This helps us prioritise content, hone in key messages, and refine the show to make it even better. We also want to understand who the biggest cohorts of our audience are. So I'd love for you to take five or ten minutes to have your say and complete the survey. Everyone who completes it goes in the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of THT Plus membership credits to put towards a membership for yourself as an individual or to help get the word out about your company. The link to complete the survey is in the show notes of this episode or just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey. Joe Halavazas, how are you? Um, well, thank you. How are you? Mate, great to have you on the podcast. We've had plenty of conversations within the THD Plus community and summits and everything else, but you got centre stage. It's great to bring you on to the pod. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me, Pete. This is a, it's an honour to be on your podcast here and Talking Health Tech is a fantastic platform. So thank you for having me. Love it. I love opening with the compliments always gets you a long way too. For those that don't know, Joe, tell us a bit about yourself and Bindi Maps and what you're about. My name is Joseph Alavasas. Thanks for the introduction. Bindi Maps is an indoor navigation app. The concept is quite new, but in my opinion, this is going to be an expectation soon rather than something that we don't know about. It takes me back to the days of when we first had those tom-toms that would stick on the windscreen of a car and it would be a luxury to have GPS navigation in your car. And now it's an expectation and we have it everywhere outdoors. And what Bindi Maps is doing is we're bringing that indoors. But not only that, I'd like to start with explaining how our company was born and what our true core focus is. Our founder, Dr. Anna Wright, she received the news years ago that it's a matter of time before she completely loses her sight. And when she got that news, inevitably the questions were raised, how am I going to get around? What are the tools that are out there at the moment? And when we look at what's available for somebody who's blind or vision impaired, at the moment, to tick the box, it's Braille, signage, pretty much. And the question then is asked, if I can't find the Braille, how am I supposed to read it? Or how am I supposed to use it? And if somebody's lost their sight later on in life, it's a little bit more difficult to learn how to read Braille. So it's not a navigation tool. It's more of an identifier that sits on a door makes it very difficult to get around. So that's how Bindia Maps was born. So at our core, 
is helping those with a disability. We initially started out as an app that would read out navigation cues to somebody who's blind or vision impaired, and we use a proprietary language to do so. Some prefer to receive their navigation cues, for example, in five meters on your left. Others prefer to receive it, say, for example, take three steps at nine o'clock. And we have a proprietary language around how to communicate those navigation cues. That was originally just text and read out by the phone with a screen reader to somebody who's blind or vision impaired for them to be able to navigate their way around. Since then, we've evolved greatly and we can help everybody get around. So we have visual maps. We've expanded to kiosks, which I'll explain a little bit more of down the track. We've done a lot of research around the patient and visitor journeys around hospitals which I'd like to go into a little bit more as well. But we've now evolved to the point where we can help everyone navigate indoor spaces independently. Yeah, got to I think about navigating, particularly in healthcare around a hospital setting for myself, that's difficult in and of itself. I can only imagine for someone that is completely unfamiliar with a space or has a disability or other accessibility issues, that can be a real challenge. That must be reassuring for many that something above and beyond the minimum requirement exists. So that's really interesting. Absolutely. It's one of our core differentiators that everything that we do at our core will always be based around making sure that it's accessible for everybody. So people that have mobility issues have the option to select wheelchair accessible routes. It's on our roadmap to expand to people that identify on the autism spectrum to choose routes that avoid certain types of lighting or certain types of sounds or certain types of smells. And so that will always be at our core. But we need to accommodate for everybody. And I recently had an admission into hospital myself for a day surgery. And it was a hospital that I hadn't been to before. And I do have my vision. And considering it was the first time that I went to the hospital, I didn't know my way around. The other aspect that stands out to me with that example is that part of the hospital was being redeveloped. The signage that was there was actually out of date. Now, since we've been talking to specifically hospitals, we've actually been able to identify that it's a problem that all hospitals are facing because the signage is static. It doesn't change. However, parts of the hospital get repurposed, parts of it may be blocked off. And as soon as that happens, the signage is no longer useful. And the result of that ends up with a really stressed out patient or visitor who's trying to find a loved one in hospital. It also pulls staff away from what they're meant to be doing. We had an example of this and we were installing in one of Sydney's largest hospitals and our installer actually witnessed at the time that he was there a patient who needed directions and grabbed the first person they could find. And that first person they could find was somebody who was obviously a a surgeon. They were dressed in the scrubs on and just grabbed the person and said, I'm trying to find ABC, could just help me get there. So that surgeon then took the time out of the day, obviously a very lovely person, to show them where they needed to go and went out of their way, which pulled them away from where they needed to be at that point in time. And when we're having conversations with teams in hospitals, we're finding out that it's actually quantifiable. We've done some research around this. And in hospitals, around 2.5% of each shift is quote unquote, wasted on helping people navigate their way around, which equates to $2.2 million lost in productivity per hospital per annum. When we look at it on a national level, 
the further impact that it has in terms of quantifiable economic impact is that people end up being either late to appointments or get lost and very frustrated and are no-shows to appointments. Now, 76% of the complaints that have been submitted to hospitals actually relate back to wayfinding because people are very frustrated when they get lost in hospitals. When we join all those dots together, that's a huge number. 76% of complaints being submitted is because I couldn't find my way around. It's too complicated. The signs weren't in the right place. The signs pointed me in the wrong direction, etc. Now, when we join all those dots and see, well, missed appointments due to getting lost or complaints due to getting lost or being late and then other appointments needing to be pushed, the quantifiable economic impact on that on our industry last year in 2022 was $1.5 billion. There's two sides to a massive problem that we're solving here. And that's, first of all, being able to independently navigate around a hospital. And secondly, we're allowing hospitals and the health infrastructure of the country to be able to reinvest or perhaps take that money and reinvest it in other clinical solutions. The Talking Health Tech podcast has evolved a lot over the years, all based on audience feedback. Now I need your help, yes you, to shape the future of this show. Between now and the end of June, we're running our biggest campaign to date in order to understand what makes the global healthcare ecosystem tick. Last time we ran our Talking Health Tech audience survey, we learnt 40% of our audience are clinicians, 77% of our audience tune in for professional development and market awareness, 8% of people listen to Talking Health Tech for competitor profiling, and only 2% of people listen to the podcast to fall asleep. And this time around, I can't wait to find out about your preferences for audio versus video content, which topics we should dive into more preferences for hosts and formats and geographical reach and so much more. And don't worry, we'll be sharing all the insights once all the responses are collected as well. So if you're a supporter of Talking Health Tech and you can spare five or 10 minutes, please complete our 2024 audience survey. And to say thanks for your input, everyone who completes the survey goes into the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of credits towards THT Plus membership. Go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey or the links in the show notes of this episode as well. Yeah, I didn't understand the, the breadth of that and the fact that three quarters of those complaints could be tied back to wayfinding. That's pretty profound. I think about though the, the practical implementation and the application of it then because technology in a broad sense can be difficult to set up or it might take a lot of time to set up an app to have all the right information in it. And I think about this example that you gave before where, you know, there might be renovations happening in a hospital or wherever it might be. Wouldn't it be easier to just write with a texter on a bit of paper, like go this way instead of that way, rather than constantly recoding in an app? Like I obviously don't understand the full <laughs> way you've got that flexibility within the solution. Maybe explain to me a bit more about how the technology can help someone get around and adapt when situations need to be adapted to? Great question. And I understand what all parts of what you've said. So first of all, the user experience is really simple and easy. They download the app and as soon as they're in a Bindi mapped location, it localizes them straight away. So the app knows where you are and then asks where you'd like to go. And they, the app can either go through categories or type in their exact destination and instantly get directions. I'll take a little segue here and come back to your question as well. 
because one of the parts of what we offer are kiosks. Now, you've got check-in kiosks at hospitals now. We're probably used to seeing those massive kiosks that you've got in shopping centres as well where you select the shop you need to go to. One of the issues that I've got with that, I don't know if you've got the same issue, Pete, is that I'll find where I need to go. tells me you're on level two, you need to get to level four, and it shows you a nice diagram of all lefts and rights and which elevators or escalators to use. And I'll take my probably maybe 50 metres, get that first 50 metres right, and then think to myself, geez, where was I meant to go next? Where's the next kiosk, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I need to stop on the way, yeah. What we offer is, for the user is a kiosk experience where they can scan a QR code, actually select their destination from a kiosk at the front counter or at reception. Once they've selected their destination, they can scan a QR code from that kiosk and basically take the directions with them on their phone. Now, going back to your question about when things change or when there's hazards, there's something called hazard alerts. Now, the user or the facility, the hospital, has the ability to report through the app instantly when there is some change or a hazard. So there's temporary hazards and there's permanent hazards, right? A permanent hazard could be permanent hazards are programmed into the system. And I make it sound easy, but a lot of work goes behind the scenes with our product team, of course, to build in the content. So a permanent hazard could be a column in the middle of a common area. So you've got to make sure that people that are blind or vision impaired don't accidentally walk into it. Temporary hazard might be, as you said, where they've got to block off an area because it's being refurbished. It becomes as simple as the facility letting Bindi Maps know what part of the hospital is no longer accessible and within moments the app is updated and uses different routes to get people to the destination they need to get to, right? Interesting point that you say about we could write up a text or put up a sign to say go left and right. And what I'd say to that is that it comes back to things in my opinion. First of all, who is actually responsible for that within the hospital? And that's been identified as a problem by New South Wales Health. And that's why we've got these wayfinding committees being put together. So who's responsible for that? Who's responsible for making sure that we're actually directing the people in the right way? Whose job is it to make sure that it goes up? That's the first thing. Second thing is the accessibility. People that are blind or vision impaired won't be able to see those signs. Also, if we're redirecting people who might be in a wheelchair and we say, okay, this is blocked off, they need to go down here, you might be leading them to spaces where they need to take steps, use steps instead of an elevator. To come back to and answer your question completely now, we've thought of that and we've put in the function into the app to make it really easy. Yeah, no, it definitely sounds like a much more robust solution. I imagine particularly important for those larger hospitals. You made a point before about this isn't just a nice to have additional thing. It sounds like then a lot of hospital groups, health systems are thinking about how specifically wayfinding is managed within these groups with committees and stuff. Talk to me a bit more about what you're seeing more broadly about this trend of putting wayfinding front and center. Whoever I speak to when I ask the question, when I'm talking about who I speak to, whether it be nurses, whether it be director of operations in local health districts, whether it be general manager of a hospital, wayfinding is a pain for everybody. It's identified as a pain. There's not one person that I've spoken to that has said, no, we don't have problems with people getting lost in our hospital. It happens all the time. The terminologies, the way that People that I've spoken to are referring to them are they're a bit of a rabbit warren or it's a maze and I've parked in one car park when they should have gone to another park car park or I'm in the actual wrong building of the healthcare precinct. 
it's funny because the newer developments that are happening now, so we're seeing parts of, for example, in the, in the Western Sydney Health District, we're seeing a lot of redevelopments of new buildings being built. And they're bringing up, because this technology is now available and we're getting the word out through Talking Health Tech and through other events that are happening nationally as well, we're now getting consultant groups and the districts themselves actually asking what's a more sustainable solution to this problem that we've got. We've heard that there is this thing about digital wayfinding or indoor wayfinding technology. We've heard of Bindi Maps and we're actually starting to get the new builds planning for the future. And as I said, it's going to get to a point where it's an expectation to have it. If we don't have it in hospitals, the quicker that we can get it into hospitals, the sooner we'll be able to help people solve this problem. Yeah, absolutely. I think about from a CTO or CIO's perspective, a hospital's point of view, one thing they don't want is more and more vendors for the sake of vendors or more technology stacked on top of other technologies. So being able to partner and integrate and work with other solutions is going to be really important for you as well, I imagine, being able to connect with other points. Great point. There are patient experience committees that have been put together as well, right? And they're looking at, okay, let's look at the journey of somebody who's coming in for day surgery, what does that look like? And at the moment, we have an integration with a company called Five Faces that uses a platform called DX5. And that's an end-to-end patient experience platform. So everything that the person needs to know about their procedure, preparing for the procedure the day before, what they're allowed to eat, when they need to fast from, where they need to go. Then the bit that's been missing from that, that Five Faces identified and why we've partnered with them, for example, is that there is that part of, okay, you've got all the information of how to prepare, you've got that letter in the mail or you've got the email, but then when you arrive on site, how do you make sure you get to where you need to go on time? Just like we're all used to getting Zoom links for meetings now, we can actually use Bindi links. If an email is sent out to the patient through with one of these systems that says, here's all the information about your admission, it can also attach a Bindi link so that when the person arrives and parks the car or arrives on site or is dropped off, they can simply tap the Bindi link and they'll be navigated to exactly where they need to go. If the letter arrives in the mail as opposed to an email, then a QR code can actually be used, right, to the exact destination of where they need to go. We have got integrations and we can integrate with hospital systems as well. We can also be standalone the hospital or specialist or surgeon that's performing it, you typically there'll be an appointment made by the receptionist, by the office. They'll get some information on from the surgeon or the specialist and they'll also get separate parts from the hospital as well. So we can actually send out or be part of that correspondence to the patient so that they can get those links and off they go. Yeah, love it. No, that's super clean. And I think about then, so this space of wayfinding, looking ahead, It's something that clinics are thinking about now and obviously in other industries too. What excites you about the future of this space and where's this whole area of wayfinding going in the future? Good question. I think the best way to summarize it that, and it really drives me, it really excites me, is that this is going to become an expectation rather than a nice to have. We're so used to getting everything to our phone, helping us get around outside. Why can't we have it inside? And the answer is that we can and one of the questions you asked earlier is, you know, about installing the bits and pieces. You can't use GPS indoors. It doesn't work. We use really simple technology. It's very simple to install. At the moment, we're using 
low energy Bluetooth beacons. They're small. They're, we can actually do a whole hospital within 48 hours on-site installation. So that's really quick. Most of the work goes into prior to that, making sure we've got the floor plans, we've got the content. We speak with the hospital about what's where and where they want patients to go and what routes they want the patient to take or the visitors to take. And that all goes into our cloud system. And because it's so scalable and such an easy system to install, and, and may I say, you know, not many conversations that I have does the cost become an issue. It's actually a lot of good value. What I'm most excited about is when it's a expectation that indoor navigation is available as readily as it is outdoor. Yeah. Look, you'd be hard-pressed finding someone to disagree with you on that one in terms of it being eventually an expectation, not just a nice to have. And no doubt there'll be people wanting to find out more about Bindi Maps and what you're up to. So we'll put the details for you, Joe, and Bindi Maps in the show notes of this episode for people to check out and get in touch if they've got more questions. And we'll obviously continue the conversation within the THD Plus community as well. Joe, appreciate you making the time to have a chat. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Peter. All the best. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end of this episode. If you made it this far, you're the perfect person that I want to hear from. Our THT Plus audience survey is now open until the end of June, and I personally read every submission. In fact, if you leave a comment in the survey that you heard this promotion in a podcast episode, I promise I'll reply directly to you by email with a personal note of thanks, and I'll even buy you a coffee next time I see you in person. It's pretty easy. Just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey and have your say. For more content and community about technology and healthcare, visit talkinghealthtech.com.